0: and welcome on this saturday morning to green thumb from hair nursery hello i'm dan Deoria, along with ethan wise of hair nursery green thumb heard every saturday at seven o'clock with only a few weeks left winding down yep
1: winding down we are in october now we're we're doing our thing and uh yeah what, what what was it four shows now including this one
0: Yes, and I'm I've took back most of my garden, so that's good.
1: I I still, even though we talked about it uh, the last show, I still have not done any of my perennial yard cleanup. So I guess I'm kind of I'm a little bit of a hypocrite right now. Um, but uh, but yeah, my my uh, certain perennials in my yard absolutely need to be cut back. They're done. They have spent flowers on them. They look kind of tacky. So I need to kind of prune them up so that they're not trying to spend energy in things that they don't have energy for. I want them to stay well rooted.
0: All right, so let me, uh, I'm going to go to the old-timers log here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just ran into somebody who got some seeds and grew Sam Marzano tomatoes and swears by them. He goes, okay. those are the best tomatoes. Okay. And they are, if you ever and tasted them.
1: Those are, those are kind of uh, wrinkly, aren't those ones with like big, kind deep of like in them?
0: A, yeah, no, no, no. These almost look like Aroma, but they're a little bigger. Yeah, but they oh. do, they're a little more uglier, but to look up a picture. Um, oh my gosh, they're the best tomatoes and they make and they got so prolific. They grew them in these big containers, kind of like whiskey barrel containers. But um and the first uh early on they had kind of the the uh, black spots at the end. So ah, yes. an old timer now this, this you're going to freak out at this. An old timer goes, "Here's what you do. They're missing calcium." Mm -hmm. get a whole gallon of regular milk and pour it i mean on and over the plant wow and he's like not cold because you'll shock it okay so he did that two days later everything's fine
1: so little did we know (laughs) plants need milk too
0: well it's calcium do you You, think he goes next year i'm just going to get the calcium tablets and put it in there but do tomatoes need calcium
1: they do yes so if you have noticed that that black spot, that yes. rot at the end. That's called calcium end rot. Uh-huh. And it does have to do, even though calcium is a nutrient that it needs in a very small amount, that yeah. small amount of it, if deficient in it, causes that nasty rot to take form. Um, and uh, there are fertilizers that are made for tomato gardens that have calcium in it. You can find calcium supplements to put in the soil. Uh, I'm curious, though, if he could use actual, do you think cashew or almond milk or, or soy milk will do that? Trick. I don't know, but a kind of a you know plant what it for was? plants. This person is
0: an old timer, and they probably didn't have all these fertilizers yeah. and slow release back in the time. Yeah, but they knew, and they poured milk over the top
1: what an interesting, you definitely wouldn't want to do that to any of your plants inside your house. No, you know, no. But, but outside, yeah. sure, I could see Next that thing working. Next you know, your
0: cat's laughing up the-
1: Yeah, and you're like, what is that smell? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the San Marzano cherries, right? I was, of course, I think of, so uh, when I see that, it's like that. the canned San Marzano's yes. come on the peel. I was like, I totally know what those are. Uh, I think I'm so used to <laughs> San Marzano tomatoes in canned form, I didn't right. know they could be grown as yes. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 those are like and it can.
0: But uh, no, yeah, those and- are...
1: Mm, Interesting.
0: And like heirloom, you can use the seeds over. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And we were talking about that, and I I love heirloom. It's one of the things I love about the – because my brain goes into heirloom, and I think so much of those uh, crinkly, funky, uh, wild-looking tomatoes.
0: Well, as my grandpa used to say, the uglier, the better. Yeah.
1: I love the ugly tomatoes, especially if you're into sandwiches. You know, when you have a real juice – and these San Marzanos, when you look at a cross-section of them, you can tell they're really meaty tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Um, um, but, you know, those really kind of when you get a big boy or um, uh, a, a beefy, uh, you know, a ste- beef steak tomato, those are really juicy. They're great for canning or making sauces. But if you're into sandwiches, yeah. then you want one that has more meat to it. And right. those ugly tomatoes, those funky shaped ones, yes. have way more meat than juice to them. Mm-hmm. And they're so good. Like slap them on a grilled cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. Put them in. Uh, put them on a, a BLT. I, I, I love those. Those are my favorite kinds. Well,
0: and that's where um, uh, my my father's greatest thing. He'd get the the beefier homemade tomatoes, slice about four or five of them up with a little pepper mm-hmm. and a little uh, basil, and that's when he'd have a couple of cheeses, the homemade bread, roasted uh, Italian peppers, and some wine. Oh, yes. Yep that was that was his favorite meal. But uh, oh. and some oh homemade they had two different types of hard salamis and that was okay uh, that was his favorite meal so all right here we are and speaking of your garden are you still getting i mean there's still time for you to get some tomatoes right
1: oh yeah yeah the cooler weather i think has uh caused a lot of people to uh get out of that green tomato and
0: into a red or orange or yellow tomato it's helping the colors change yeah you said chemically they like because in the summer they can't, uh, in, in survival mode when it's over 90, 95, mm-hmm. and heat in the sea is around 100, uh, they can't ha- get that chemical reaction going to turn color. Is that right. correct?
1: Right, yeah. right, right. So now that the weather is cooler, seventy, eighty degrees, that that's the perfect time uh, or perfect temperature range for them to be able to get that 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 chemical that releases that changes it releases it changes the color of tomato, makes it flavorful. We pluck them, we enjoy them. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, my cherry tomatoes still going. Bananas, Um, my uh, which we talked about determinate indeterminate tomatoes. I was surprised by one of my determinate varieties. Um, which which is a, only
0: bloom once or twice, as as opposed to all year long.
1: Right, determinate tomatoes uh, tend to be marketed more towards people who are into canning, mm-hmm. so that they can do a whole bunch of canning at one time and be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but my it's a it's a Roma hybrid, mm-hmm. and it's still producing, and it's just my gosh! Like I, I thought yeah. you were supposed to be kind of a one and done or two time, you know, out the door sort of tomato, and it's produced all year, so it's turned out to be more of an indeterminate than I thought it was going now, to be.
0: Now the sand Marzano must be the indeterminate because mm-hmm. they're so prolific. They have so many of them. They've done paste, they've, you know, mm. frozen some stuff, they've given it away. They bought the San Zano uh, Mr. Potato Head kit with the arms and legs yes. to do something with them. Yes. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that I like those always producing tomatoes. Yes. Yeah. Uh cabbages right now. No, we said last week this is a good time to plant your cool weather crop
1: right if you if you come across any cool weather um, so coal crops or cold weather crops um, so C-O-L-E is the is the technical term for any of those kales and cabbages and lettuces uh, broccoli those sort of uh, cauliflower uh, but also just referred to as cold weather crops because that's what it sounds like um, so if you come across any of those we currently don't um, have any ed hair nursery outside of the ornamental varieties which are still edible they just mm-hmm. have a more leathery uh, leaf to them, so you'd want to boil them down or put them in a stew or something and cook them. Um, but if you come across any of those, uh, it's absolutely okay to plant those. And there are some late season um, farmers uh, or at you know adamant people you know people who have their own little home garden that would want to find those things. And so. Don't be surprised if you're at a store and you see them you're like, it's too late to plant anything. You can absolutely plant some of those leafy vegetables.
0: Any herbs that have gone to flowers done, I uh, didn't get out for like a week, and now all my chives have flowers on. So those are gone?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the nice thing about chives is the flower doesn't seem to, in the onion family, disrupt the flavor too much. It's still going to taste like garlic or onion or something. What about basil? Basil will start to get bitter.
0: So soon, I should just cut that thing off and...
1: Yep, I yanked mine out. Uh, it was really? so I kind of forgot about it Me too. Um, for so several weeks. So it's just
0: little flowers. Is that going to hurt it?
1: If it's just a few little flowers, it's okay. I have about. Four five inch spikes of flowers yeah. all over the plant. The leaves are now smaller; they're like half the size. Oh, of... mine
0: are still huge.
1: So, oh, okay. Can I just cut off the uh... cut off the flowers? Okay. Mine just went into super seed. They bolted heavily, yeah. and uh, it's it just makes the, the, it's still edible, but it it takes away the sweetness yeah. of the flower, and it becomes more almost like uh, this spicy, astringent, arugula-like flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not
0: all bad, though.
1: No, no, and some people like that, but when when you're growing a sweet basil and now it has kind of a nip to it, it's a totally different flavor profile.
0: Uh, The chives, though, I have a a garden. They come back every year.
1: Oh, yeah, bulbs. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they're they're stuck there, Dan. You're never going to get rid of them. (laughs) (laughs) There's not enough holy water and gasoline on the planet
0: to get rid of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, and we're not at the point where we'll be talking about overwintering basil and oregano, but you can some certain herbs. Now you're cleaning out your garden per se. What are you cleaning out?
1: so um, with the vegetable garden uh, you know kind of going back I just you know cleaning up anything that's just done anything that's not going to perform anymore mm-hmm. uh, so I got rid of all that uh, with the hopefully with all this rain that's happened it'll still be easy for people to pick out uh, weeds in their garden mm-hmm. uh, get that all cleaned up make their, their vegetable garden look clean and then my perennial garden uh, I'm just need I need to work on uh, getting everything pruned back my yarrow has spent flowers that needs to go mm-hmm. some of my Pastas look really rough they just need to be cut down to the ground uh because the longer they're they're up and they're trying to be green they're just wasting energy that they could be using to store uh for over Mine winter still
0: look good i watered them so. then leave them
1: yeah. i'd say absolutely leave them. once
0: they start to wilt then i'll cut them back or yep. i'll just let them fall to the ground but yeah. Uh, yeah
1: yeah and just to kind of let them mulch in yeah. uh oh and speaking of kind of mulching in uh Wanted to give people some fun ideas of what to do with their pumpkins yes. uh, for overwinter. Now, now, I know it's I early in the not season. I know
0: this, but you're, you say that gourds and pumpkins, fresh ones, mm-hmm. unbelievable fertilizer, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so my next door neighbor, he planted this hosta, um, mm-hmm. in the house, uh, years before we had moved into the house that we're in and, he had planted this, this cute little hosta there and, and, uh, was telling me about it. And then, uh, last season I was putting all of my rotting or falling apart pumpkins because the squirrels decimated them. And I would just take them and I'd kind of throw them around the side of my house where this hosta was. And unfortunately he and his wife had to look at that pile of rotting pumpkins and they probably (laughs) were thinking I was just being lazy. And maybe I was being a little bit lazy. So, uh, sorry guys. But, um, uh, what it ended up doing, I, I kind of had a feeling. I was like, you know what? It's just nutrients. I had a big tree there, yeah. lots of perennials in that garden. I said, it's just pumpkin. Pumpkin is jam-packed full of nutrients. Oh, yes. Full of nutrients. It's it's kind of a superfood for us. It's great for animals. And the plants will love, and, and the microbial life in the soil love eating that stuff. Uh, so I put it there. And then this spring, when that hosta came up, Mike, uh, my neighbor had come up to me and said, What is up with that hosta? He's like, it is massive. He's like, it's twice the size that it's ever been. Uh Uh, And uh, I was like, pumpkin. I said, go ahead and toss those broken pieces of pumpkin uh, in your yard. And I did that in my backyard, which I have a whole bunch of hostas Mm -hmm. on the north side of my house. Yep. Those came back wonderfully this year. Huh, uh, so, unfortunately, the weeds also came back with a vengeance. Yeah. So I was feeding the weeds. So that was a whole other really. uh, dilemma to have to deal with on that north side. So if
0: you have older pumpkins or gourds, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, what about the squash that, that didn't work out? That would have been good fertilizer too, right? Yeah. I, I just... I.
1: Because I had cooties on that due to the bugs, yeah. I just decided I was like I don't want to transport that all over my garden, so I decided to just get rid of that. I put it in my my uh, my bucket. Uh, actually, what I did is I, I ripped it out and I kind of stomped on it a bit, trying to kill some of those bugs before I put it in my yard waste bucket.
0: By the way, cooties not an official horticulture term.
1: Right, right. That was something I learned. <laughs> uh, I learned beforehand, and my instructor told me to stop calling all plant diseases cooties.
0: All right, so we're cleaning up our our perennial beds as well, uh, uh, cutting back our lilies. Uh, if any mm-hmm. stalks have done, which I've done, I've cut them all back to the bottom. Yep. Um, can you trim some of those too? That if they get a little unruly. Oh prune, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, my lilies are still really nice and green, so I haven't touched them. Mm-hmm. But as far as what I'm doing at work, um, you know, I was uh, working in the perennial yard the other day, and all I'm doing anything that doesn't have a leaf on it anymore, if there's any stock, especially some of the woodier stuff mm-hmm. like um, Joe Pieweed or uh, Gay Feather or Nifofofia, uh anything with a with a more sturdy stem, eat the lilies, I'm cutting them back. Mm-hmm. So if there's no leaves on it, that plant's not photosynthesizing. It is, but to a much smaller degree. The stem can kind of photosynthesize a little bit, but not really. So go ahead and cut them back. It's just wasted energy on the plant. As long as that stem's there and it's green, there's a possibility that that plant might want to push off a leaf on it. And this late in the season, if it's a true perennial one that's supposed to die back to the ground and then reemerge, just go ahead and cut it down to the ground and save the plant some energy.
0: So uh, I have a flower bed or a perennial bed. Uh, That winds around the house in the front. It's around a uh, big ash tree, Mm -hmm. and I always clean out my leaves. Yeah. And the old-timers go, no, just leave the leaves in there. First of all, especially around the host and some of your flowers, it's a nice blanket for the hosta for yes. a hard winter but they go no those leaves a are nutrients mm-hmm. let the snow get on them yes but now in the spring uh whatever leaves you have left over i mean the rains will do that then put a bunch of mulch on them. He goes, that'll help the weeds. That's like a natural uh, mm-hmm. mulch is leaves don't clean them out. So yeah, I yeah. don't know where you stand on that.
1: Especially, yeah, especially in your in your vegetable, or I'm sorry, your uh, flower gardens. Absolutely. Yes. The leaves kind of like lace over and kind of quilt the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do eventually break down, of course, but they do last a while, mm-hmm. kind of like mulch in, yeah. a, in their own way. But as they break down, that's just free carbon for the soil, yeah. uh, which is great. It's excellent stuff. Um, because as they turn brown, they kind of lose that nitrogen, so it's adding a different nutrient in the soil, uh, and then absolutely, it's almost like this weed barrier. When you put mulch on top of that, works out really nice.
0: Yeah. So this year, and and basically because I'm lazy, I'm not going to do that this fall and clean out those beds because it does look nice. But mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if it keeps, uh, if it's uh, going to be a blanket. And then in the fall, just put a bunch, of spring, put a bunch of mulch on it. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be, because uh, I just want to get ahead for next year. Yeah. Speaking of that, you could lay preen down now.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now's a great time. Get ahead of the weeds. Uh, put some preen down. If you're, if you're into the, you're clean up your garden or you're planning on putting some mulch down before the season to insulate your plants. Maybe you just did a whole bunch of new planting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you did a whole bunch of new planting, I do recommend putting some mulch down. Even if down the road you want to add rock mulch. Mm-hmm it's okay. You can put the rock mulch on top of the regular wooded mulch. Um, but put that wooded mulch down, get those new plants insulated. But before you do that, go ahead, put some preen down. You can lay some preen down now. Um, if you're not an avid mulch person, then you can still put preen down now and then do it again in like December, January. I know you're not going to want to if there's no snow on the ground, but this is going to be how you really can get a head start on those yeah. weeds. Um, and yes. then again in spring. So do it now. Do it again in winter. Do it again in spring, uh, and uh, let us know how little weeds you have left going into spring. It's going to make a huge difference.
0: It is a yearly battle. Yeah. And the and the the, the weeds always seem to have the upper hand by mm-hmm. summer because. That's the point where a lot of us are like, it's too hot. I don't want to go. I do not want to go out and weed. Mm-hmm. So you try to get ahead of them in the fall. Now's the time to do it with praying, heavy mulching now, or yes. having the leaves over the top of it now mm-hmm. uh, will help as well. I do like winter. Yeah, I like looking out and knowing that there's no guilt that I'm not going outside and doing anything. Although, here's what I am going to do this winter, as um, we have talked about this. Um, I'm going to go down in my ravine and clean it out, get the big hack blade out. I'm going to cut back a lot of trees, do like a lot of big pruning, clean all the underneath out. Yeah. Uh, If it's cold, if it's 25, those are the days and sunny. Mm -hmm. Those are the days even that I, when I wear a coat, uh, still I sweat a little bit out there, you know, and just start hacking away because if we as talk, the winter is the best time to do a lot of that major pruning. Yeah. On those trees and big shrubs.
1: Right? Yeah, clean them up. Um, cause I know that, yeah, we, we had talked about to kind of thinning up some areas and kind of expanding your garden space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, get rid of all those trees or limb them up. And, uh, yeah, that'd be a wonderful time to do it.
0: Yeah, because um, what happens is in the winter, uh, the cut will freeze over. Uh, no bugs will be around again. Exactly, it, and so it can heal itself.
1: Yep, yep. It'll compartmentalize. You don't have to worry about little bugs bringing there. Um, as we discussed, the, the 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 true term of of most infections, cooties. So those bugs yeah. will not bring cooties into that tree. Uh, so yeah, you don't have to worry because all the bugs are dormant. They're yeah. in the ground or or buried somewhere. So
0: I will be winter. I'll be uh, doing something all winter. Yeah, but I want to get that ravine area cleaned out and all that because I have a lot of my old plant material down there and. Uh, uh, you know what? And it's it's. Uh, I've never been uh, patient enough to have a good mulch bin. I have put though a lot of my dead lee my mm-hmm. dead weeds. Yeah. And some of my grass clippings in there, and it does break down, but you gotta add extra active ingredients. So, So,
1: yeah, you, you have to, to kind of really, uh, and that's something, you know, I remember we talked about making a good mulch bin or a good compost bin on the first season, but we didn't really talk about that this season. No. Um, but yeah, you want to have really nice equal layers of green and brown. Mm-hmm. The green for the nitrogen, the brown for the carbon, and kind of inner layering those. So you start with your brown layer, um, and then you put your green layer, and then brown, and then green, and then brown. And then on the top of that, put like a heavy layer of, uh, of leaves or something that kind of insulates everything. Yeah. And then that heat really helps break down everything, and you get really nice black uh, compost.
0: Okay, if I've been too lazy, can I just at least stir that up with a pitchfork? For? Of course, we'll yeah.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I was never too the meticulous. The is good. Yes, for, yes. I used so when I made a makeshift one at a previous house I lived in, all I did was I got four fence posts, um, and then I just took some chicken wire and I wrapped it around there. Mm-hmm. And then I just started dumping things in there, yeah. so it was hard for the critters to get into. Right. Except, but the worms could get up from the soil. Mm-hmm. the The pill bugs, the roly polies, the worms, centipedes, that or millipedes. I mean, that like the eats kind of decaying matter could get up from the ground and help breaking that stuff down. But also, the raccoons, the possums couldn't get in there because sometimes I'd put food in there. Yeah, you know, eggs or coffee grounds, uh, uh, spent tops of carrots and tomatoes and whatnot. All excellent to add into that compost bin.
0: If I don't. Want to put food in there? Is there like active ingredients that I can buy in the store that helps break down a mulch pile?
1: Ooh, I don't know if there's. I like you're talking about like seasoning your mulch pile a yeah, little bit. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Are some
0: don't... active bacteria and stuff that? Well, eat away I would imagine that, that you could add
1: something like mycorrhiza mm-hmm. um, to it that uh,
0: wouldn't attract raccoons, and I don't have to worry about taking my kitchen scraps out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you 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 definitely have more critters than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That is a good question. Yeah. And I will have an answer next week.
0: Okay. Sounds uh, good.
1: Looking to see like if there's any sort of interesting additives, microbial life, beneficial fungus yeah. or bacteria that you can add to I would imagine so I mean there's fertilizer with that. Right. I would imagine you could add a type of fertilizer loaded with that sort of stuff into the compost bin. Mm-hmm. That is a really interesting Uh, thought process i'd never really racked my brain around
0: all right um now is the time if you're looking for spring color to plant bulbs now i do have although you have to get down on your hands and knees a couple of those handled bulb Mm -hmm. things that are perfect because you can just go quick uh the list is tulips daffodils now I have enough wild daffodils in my yard that <laughs> I, was, I don't want I was anymore. you were going to see that and be like, ah, that's cuss word. No, because ah, I'm trying to get weed. rid of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm try- they look good in the spring, but they just take over. Uh, is it allium?
1: Yeah, allium, uh, ornamental onion,
0: mm-hmm. uh, hyacinth, and crocus, as well as my favorite, uh, irises.
1: So, the irises um the the irises are great bulbs, but we don't have any now you want to okay. plant those in early spring next okay. year, okay, so wait on the irises mm-hmm. uh not that it's a bad time, like if you already have some, go ahead and split them, separate them, get them yep. in the ground, yeah. but just usually you don't find them available mm-hmm. uh this time of year in bulb form for whatever reasons, they tend to not be available until uh-huh. spring um so wait for those until spring next year,
0: yeah, okay, so uh any um any tips though on planting bulbs if you're doing it for the first time?
1: So what I like to do, um, I like when you know you talk about your little bulb. Uh, oh gosh, what is that called? I know what I you're don't... talking about. That little tool that yep. just kind of is like a circular with a handle on yep. it, and it just it's a plug. It's like this soil yep. plug, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a probably just a bulb planter is probably it's probably just That's as what simple it is. as that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, And those are great. Like if you want to make like a nice line, like if you're really into creating a nice line of tulip bulbs, uh, those work really great. And it
0: works quick. You just go pulls it out, pulls the right amount of dirt out,
1: and then you flip it upside down. You just poke that soil plug back on top of the bulb. Yep. Um, But another method, just truly as simple as, uh, and I'm going to quote, "Netherland bulb." so, uh, if our, if our rep is listening, uh, hopefully I can get some brownie points here. Um, but, uh, dig, drop, done is, is their mantra. Mm-hmm. So he always told me, he's like, yeah, he's like, you can get meticulous about it. He was like, but think of how cool it's going to look. If you just dig, just take your shovel. He's like, then you never have to get on your leaves or your knees. He's like, dig a hole. Drop your bulbs in there. Kick the soil back on. He's like, it's just as simple as dig, drop, done. Um, He's like, you don't have to be meticulous about them. You don't have to make sure every, you know, the top of the bulb is up and the roots are down. Toss them in the hole. They'll write themselves up on their own. They're used to it. So that's what I did. And I created these. So
0: you don't have to overthink the bulb. Right. And just naturally them. fall and, and get dirt on them and figure their way out. Right?
1: And mix them together. Dig a hole and drop some daffodil bulbs in there. Drop some tulip bulbs in there. No, uh, and no, drop no. some hyacinth bulbs. Yeah, mix them all together, and then you have this bouquet, this natural bouquet of flowers that comes up. I mean, you can keep them all separate. You know, some like I have an area where I just have my hyacinth, 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 allium, allium, and then a back row of tulip bulbs. Um, But I also think it looks really cool if you mix them together. So here's something you can do with your bulbs: get a big allium bulb. Mm -hmm. Those are the big, giant ones, potato-sized bulbs. They produce that tall, three-foot flower with the giant, uh, you know, softball-sized purple. Flower on the top of it. Really? Okay. So put that in the middle of your hole. Yeah. And then around the hole, uh, put some hyacinth or something like that. Um, hyacinth will get medium height, maybe 10, 12 inches tall, super fragrant. Mm-hmm. And then go ahead and around that, uh, you can go ahead and put some crocus, which will stay really low. And so the crocus is going to emerge first. And then the hyacinth are going to emerge. And then right out the middle, your allium is going to emerge. And so you'll have this natural bouquet with a season-long, you know, as far as spring season goes, spring season-long flowers coming up at different times out of the same hole.
0: Um... They don't spread much and take over, right? No. Oh, okay.
1: No. So the uh, that's what's, uh, at least with the, the, the daffodil bulbs, so to kind of, <laughs> I know you have the wild ones, yeah. but the ones that we have, I promise, mm-hmm. uh, at least not in our lifetime would they take over your yard. I
0: had what looked like four-inch high grass with yeah. flowers on it, but uh-huh. they had the little bulbs, they spread. So oh. again, they're wild like the daffodils. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So... So you don't have to really overthink it. Just nope. What is it?
1: Dig, drop, done. Yeah.
0: I had, Just, I had a, a restaurant idea uh, where people go in and they order what what's available. Yeah. And they go, we got two brats and hamburger. Okay. And then everything's done on your phone. Uh, turn phone, dink, gone. Yep. So it's the same practice. And
1: for the people who are really brave, you go to a bar and you say, give me a kitchen sink shot. Yeah. And, and see
0: <laughs> whatever they have available. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. All right. So uh, now's the time to do all that um is this the time now i have irises that hasn't bloomed in the last couple of years Mm -hmm. i think what i have to do because my ash tree to the west has grown and is extending way over so i either have to cut that or move them yes is this the time to move what what bulbs can you dig up and move
1: most of them now as long as they aren't really blooming much go ahead and, and oh move they're
0: them. pretty much done
1: yeah so yeah. i or the other as long as they're not blooming and, and as long and the, as and the green
0: starting to fall down is it like yellow and yes. or lime green and yes. fall on the ground yeah cut,
1: yeah cut that back dig them up and, and move them uh, to a different what location. What type of
0: bulbs are we talking about? Irises, what else?
1: So your irises, your lilies, you could do that with. Um, so the only thing that you might... you mean, might... lilies are a bulb? Yep, yep. So your day lilies, um, mm-hmm. your asiatic lilies, all of those can be moved right now if you wanted to. Um, just get them in the ground. Maybe mix in a little bit of granular fertilizer to them. That's not going to encourage them mm-hmm. to grow over winter, but it'll be food that's available to them in spring because you're probably going to shock them. And so... The better you can get them established means that they'll probably do what you want them to do next spring again. Mm-hmm. If, if it's too traumatic of an experience, then they might get green. Yeah. They might grow lots of foliage, but they might not flower. So just oh. be potentially prepared for that. But it's still an absolutely okay time to move those bulbs. And you can just bulbs. cut them,
0: right? Yep. Are they like hosta? Or, I mean, hosta, it's best if you clean off the roots mm-hmm. and surgically go about them, but you could just take Austin, and throw it and just cut it and throw it yep. in the thing and they grow back. Is the same with irises?
1: Absolutely. Just I just take them and just snap them apart yeah. and just kind of, you know, if I have a whole bunch that are clustered together, I'll, I might leave that because mm-hmm. um, that'll just be like a nice little colony. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm really kind of trying to be more meticulous, yeah, I just take them and just snap them off. Any rotted ones I just discard. They usually kind of get this orangey, mushy, sweet potato like look to them uh, and just go ahead and toss those. Uh, if there's a little bit of mush on some of them, you can just usually cut that off or, or snap it off. Iris bulbs are pretty forgiving, especially once they've turned into a large colony.
0: And when you transfer your bulbs, uh, get a good soil around it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, especially. And and insulate them. If you're going to move them now, make sure you maybe put just a little bit of mulch on top of that hole, just enough to insulate them because they're not going to have enough time to develop a root system outside of those tubers and bulbs that you plucked out. Mm -hmm. So uh, just make sure that you give them a little sort of uh, warmth over winter.
0: Someone said they have kind of the side of a hill right now. Mm -hmm. Um, They got rid of some shrubs, pulled it out of there. It wasn't looking good, but they're worried about erosion if you wanted to add a good ground cover or g- spreading grasses, is now the time to do it?
1: You absolutely can get that in the ground. Now, it's not going to have enough time to give you erosion control over winter, mm-hmm. but at least it'll pick up in spring and start actively working for you. Mm-hmm. Things like uh, uh, prairie drop seed grass is a wonderful one. All kinds of different ground covers are going to slowly do the trick for you, or even quickly uh, uh Pacassandra, If it's a so, if it's a somewhat, if it's not a full sun area, you could get away with um, bugleweed or ajuga, um, pachysandra, all those things. But if it's full sun, I recommend certain uh, certain plants like aronia. Uh, there's a ground cover aronia. Uh, chokeberry is a common name for it. There's also uh, euonymus, or sometimes called winter creeper, which would also work really well as deep rooted. Yeah, deep rooted, and anything in the sumac family. I think a lot of people get uh, deterred from the name sumac because they immediately think poison sumac, mm-hmm. um, but these are totally different varieties of sumac um, that I think just kind of suffer from sharing the common name. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a one particularly called grow low sumac, and it gets these yellow spring flowers. Stays really low, like maybe a foot and a half, two feet tall, but one plant could spread five to eight feet and that root system spreads there as well. And so sumac is is an amazing uh, erosion control plant.
0: So if you've got something that's around a pond or, mm-hmm. or a slope that yes. you just want to get some erosion control, that's a good one as yep.
1: well. Yep. So sumac and prairie drop seed are two of my go-to plants for full sun areas where people want something low, not super tall. They really just want the practical effect of, of holding in the soil on their incline.
0: All right, so if you've got a few minutes left, if you've got a, an outdoor patio and you've got some of your tropicals, mm-hmm. be it uh, hibiscus and other yep. tropicals like that, uh, where are we at now um, when it gets to uh, temperatures where you got to start eh, maybe bring it into the garage and think about overwintering?
1: So with, uh, with the temps, if you're going to have multiple days in a row that are 45 or lower, it's time to start bringing in your house plants or tropicals that you put outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so, your hibiscus can be overwintered inside if you wanted to. Uh, if you're going to put it in your garage, hopefully it's a somewhat insulated garage. Yes. It's probably going to drop most, if not I all, gonna of its leaves. I
0: was going to say okay, even if you bring it into the house, your hibiscus uh, will probably drop leaves. Uh, but it's not dead, right? No. Okay. But hibiscus have to, you got to put that in a sunny area or at least a bright area, right? Yes.
1: And and one of the things you're going to notice too, when you bring in your plants that were outside Mm -hmm. back inside, many of them are going to just start to look weird, off, or drop their leaves. Okay. And that's because you're changing their environment on them. You can't mimic what they got outside. There's no way, unless you have a Four Seasons room that's temperature controlled with even probably some extra grow lights, you just can't mimic what your hibiscus or your palm or your Mandevilla got in full sun
0: outside. And one of the things that you can't mimic unless you just really pour it in there is humidity.
1: Yes, that's so hard. And so uh, some people have a humidifier that they keep on their plants. Some of the hardcore house plant people have humidifiers in their plant room or in the section of their house where they have that, but that's not for everybody. Um, there but are
0: you know what, though? That humidity kind of helps the house and helps you too, though, yes, absolutely.
1: Right? Especially with the drier weather, I mean, gosh, yeah. how many people are gonna start getting bloody noses now yeah. with the fall? Yeah. Um, so they wake up and you're like, oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so yeah, the, the humidifier will help your plants, also help you, uh, especially overnight if you're like me who wakes up with itchy, itchy noses. Um, But uh, one method, if that's not for you, uh, is to put drain trays underneath your plants with pebbles in them.
0: Oh, and just let the water drift out.
1: Yep, fill the water uh, in that and then let that naturally evaporate. That'll provide some humidity for your plants.
0: All right. Okay, so there's still plenty of fall uh, colors going oh, on load. at here. It's
1: loaded. Yeah, there's so many mums and celosia and ornamental millet and uh, bales of coleus, f- bales of hay, pumpkins. Actually, galore. straw. It's
0: not hay. It's hey. Oh
1: shoot, hay. Yeah. we were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I said it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so it's bales of straw. Bales of straw, colored corn stalks. Everything that's all there. Yep,
1: we got little uh, little uh, um, you know multicolored corn stalks for yep. decoration or yep. for the critters. So it's all there. We are. Falled out. We have autumn, uh, your outside autumn decor to the 10th degree. Ours? 9 to 5, Monday through Saturday.
0: All right. For Ethan Wise, I'm Danny Oreo. See you next week on Green Thumb from Hair Nursery.